You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, it's a Tuesday. It's hour one. Dan and the Danettes. Dan Patrick Show. Glad to have you on board. Stay a while if you can. We'll hear from Bubba Wallace coming up in a little bit. Darius Rucker stops by and Brian Windhorse from the Mothership. So a lot of topics to dive into, and you can be part of the program in a variety of ways. You can dial us up. You can email. You can tweet. Say good morning to Chat Row. Behave today. Uh, Tyler, the moderator there, handling the duties with Chat Row. YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show and the Fox Sports Radio lineup. Part of the 362 radio affiliates around the country. 877-3DP-SHOW. Our Twitter handle at DP-SHOW. Uh, it was fun yesterday. I was sort of back and forth watching a couple of things, including what was going on with NASCAR at Talladega. And NASCAR rallying around Bubba Wallace is an example of the impact one athlete can have on a sport. After a noose was found in his garage over the weekend, Wallace didn't back down. He raced Monday at Talladega, and he was actually in contention late before he ran out of gas. But he had a little bit of help. The day kicked off with the other drivers pushing Wallace's car to the front of the field before the race, and the picture was beautiful. It was an extraordinary show of unity for a sport that is reckoning with its own history, and Wallace started the movement to ban the Confederate flag at races. Now the rest of NASCAR's community is trying to catch up, and sometimes people mistakenly think of auto racing as an individual sport. It's a team sport. One driver wins, but it takes a team, and... Fellow drivers on your side at the highest level. You saw that yesterday on Monday. We saw addressing racism is going to be a team effort by NASCAR. And the sport can do great things when everyone, not just one, comes together. Here is uh, Bubba Wallace after yesterday's finish. I know I should have won that damn race. We ran out of gas. <laughs> just the stars didn't align for us completely. But uh, all in all, we won today. The pre-race deal was probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to witness in my life. From uh, all the supporters, from drivers, from crew members, uh, everybody here, uh, the badass fan base, thank you guys for coming out here. This is uh, truly incredible, and I'm proud to be a part of this sport. He didn't win, but he did win. But after that race, and he got out there on the track, and he said, you know, sorry I didn't have my mask on. But I, I want you to see my smile. And he went over to the fans who were there. There were fans who probably had never been to a race before, and he acknowledged them because they were there for him. But uh, it was well done. And I'm guessing Jimmy Johnson, I haven't seen official uh, designation on who's the one that kind of put this in motion of all the drivers were going to be involved with pushing the car up to the front. But uh, I'm guessing the... Uh, you know, senior statesman Jimmy Johnson was probably at the forefront of this. And uh, Jimmy talked about it after the race. We want to stand with our friend and we want to stand with Bubba. And that's what took place through last night, this morning. And then as this idea came together today and uh, it started within the drivers. And then as the crew members caught wind that we wanted to push Bubba's car down and, and stand with him during the national anthem, the teams wanted to get involved as well. And, and you saw the support. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. And the drivers are there every week. You know, unlike the NBA or the NFL where you're facing somebody else, these drivers, they're all there at the track each week. So they see each other. There's a community atmosphere to that. Now, you have rivalries there, but rivalries were put on hold yesterday. And you have these RVs when we went to see Tony Stewart a couple of years ago in Chicago. You can see his RV and then Dale Jr.'s over here. Jimmy Johnson's over here, all in one lot. 
you know, the proximity there. Uh, and you saw that community yesterday. FBI's investigating this. NASCAR's investigating this. And, uh, you know, if you're going to find out something, today would be a good day to be able to announce something with uh, what happened with Bubba Wallace. But Fritzy's working on a time for Bubba Wallace. I'm sure he's being pulled in a variety of uh, directions today. But, uh, man, I, I just saw him when he was there after the race, and he looks great. He's young. Like, that's, that's what you want to be supporting. You want to be promoting it. He's a household name, probably not for the reasons that he thought he was going to be a household name. He's got to win, but yet a lot of people were watching yesterday. And if I'm NASCAR, well, I certainly take notice of the number of people who are interested. Now, this will die off a little bit, but he has the charisma. He has the look. And now if he's a good enough driver... Get a lot of attention there for the sport, a sport that desperately needs that. This program is brought to you by LegalZoom. You need to make it legal, make it LegalZoom.com. You don't have to go anywhere. You can stay at home. And the new challenges these days that we're faced with, LegalZoom can help you. You started online, network of independent attorneys. They can provide advice to help you. Need to make it legal, make it LegalZoom.com. A couple other things, Major League Baseball, it's coming back. And... Uh, it wasn't pretty. I don't know if it's going to be pretty. And you can write it down after the 2021 season, baseball will go on strike. Uh, either there'll be a lockout or the players will strike because this there's so much acrimony here. I just can't imagine everything that's happened here with these negotiations or lack thereof. Now you have to go play nice. And it's got to be weird. These players coming back. Is everybody going to come back? It's 60 games. As I said from the, I don't know, since my source told me, I don't know when that was. Was it a week ago, 10 days ago? This, is all, this was all scripted. That's why, I, you know, you get invested in this. You get invested for a couple of reasons. This is my job, but also I'm a fan. And then you start hearing 114 games. Then it's 75 games. And then it's going to be 70 games. Now it's going to be 48 games. And my source said, this is all scripted. The commissioner is ordered, he's under orders to stop the bleeding. How many games can we play? 60 games. And we waited to order this. I don't know why he had to wait, but, you know, that's really a big question here of, okay, it's 60 games. You know when it's going to start? It's going to start at the end of July. Uh, but there's so many things that it's still, I, I mean, they hope that it's going to start in July. They hope that it'll end up in uh, October. They hope they got to bring in players from Latin America. Like there are so many things that they have to be concerned about. And it was 60 games because the commissioner can ask force a 60 game schedule. That's what he did. Because I kept thinking, OK, 75 and then my source goes, it's 60. Actually, my source said 50 at first. And uh, I said, okay, 50 games. I think they wanted as few as possible to still have sort of a baseball season. So we have a pseudo season here. But the owners were going to lose money. How do we say, hey, we can't do this? We can't do this with those numbers. We can do it with these numbers. And then they go into the postseason. That's where the owners make their money. You know what the players get in the postseason? 
I think they get, and I want to be right here when I say this, um, and I got the details here. Um, uh, let's see. The players won't get paid anything above meal money during the playoffs in World Series. Uh, what else do I know on this? This is what they're going to do. They're going to probably take, they need, each team needs three or four days of testing. And then they're going to work out for three weeks. So opening day is probably the final week in July. Also, they're going to add, at least I think they are, they're going to start out with 30 players on the roster. And then they'll go down to 28 and then 26. I think that they'll probably stay at 26. But they, they don't have minor league teams. And from what I'm told, baseball is going to have about 60 players available for each team. These minor leaguers who aren't playing this season, you're going to have a pool of about 60 players because players are going to test positive and, you know, trying to make sure that you have enough players to fill out a roster and have players who can play certain positions. It's not just, hey, you got 26 players. It's got to have a certain number of pitchers. Uh, the DH is going to be uh, played, uh, put in play in uh, the National League. Uh I guess they're looking at starting the extra inning games with a man on second base. Because you're going to have, you know, this this truncated season, you're going to try to cram all of these games in, in what is it, 60 games? I don't know the number of 60 games in 70 days, I believe. And you don't want, you know, an 18-inning game, and then you got to play the next day. You know, so they're trying to cut down on that. But that's what baseball has provided us so congratulations, guys. Well done. Well done. Can't wait. Can't wait. Play ball. If they're able to play ball. Yes, Paul. I know you kind of addressed this already, but a lot of my friends who hit me up on social media after the commissioner kind of decreed that they're having a 60-game season said the obvious. Why couldn't he have decreed a 90-game season a month ago or an 80-game season a month ago? Why have fake negotiations or whatever they were the past month? And according to Jeff Passan at the Mothership, the commissioner could have chosen any length of schedule. He could have said 80 if he wanted to. They wanted fewer games. That's why my source said 50 initially. And then I saw where they were trying to do 48 games. And I think the commissioner thought, okay, 60 games feels like maybe it's, well, half a season. I mean, it's not that, but it feels a little bit more like that. And you're going to have a lot of baseball. You're going to have a lot of teams involved in the pennant chase. So there can be positives here, if they even play. Because my source said, nobody's talking about anything other than the monetary aspects of this. No one. They worked out. You had guys testing positive. You've got to bring in the players from Latin America. Uh, you know, good luck with this. Because it may all go up in smoke. All of this. All right, McLovin, you got a poll question for me. Yeah, you raised your hand. Oh, I would just say one other positive. We all learned the word pro rata during this thing. Yeah. I don't I, exactly know what it means still, but that was in Passant's text, right? I thought it was prorated, but it's pro rata. Pro rata, the Latin <laughs> verb. Yeah. That means that's why he didn't say 70 games. They would have had to pay for every game, basically. Yeah. So uh, I already put up a poll because there was a heated, heated pre-show debate that has nothing to do with the major headlines of the day for most, the most part. But Wait. I need people to weigh in on this. Okay. 
Is this the Jamal Adams? Yes, it is. Question. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Let the public decide. Okay. If you, Mike, the way I phrase it, if you want to start a team, would you start with safety Jamal Adams or kicker Justin Tucker? Okay, the reason why this came up, there's been a lot of talk about Jamal Adams' value. I know Colin uh, Cowherd was talking about Jamal Adams. He thinks might be the one of the top five or seven players in the NFL. And uh, and I, you know, Mike Florio and Chris Sims were talking about Jamal Adams and that the safety has more value now because they can cover tight ends like George Kittle. Although I haven't seen anybody cover George Kittle, but apparently that's their job. Is is Jamal Adams even the best strong safety in the league? Is he better than Derwin James? Is he better than Eddie Jackson of Chicago? Because I'm looking at the top 100 list, the NFL's top 100 from 2019, those strong safeties are ranked ahead of Jamal Adams, according to players in the NFL who voted on this. I've got Jamal Adams ranked 37th on the list. I've got Eddie Jackson 30, and I got Derwin James 31st. I don't know how you can be one of the top five to seven players if you're not even the best player at your position, according to players in the NFL. And I like Jamal Adams. I just I don't think he can cover. I think he's he's one of those guys, those safeties in the box that are there to tackle and occasionally blitz. You know, so we and then I said, well, who would you rather have? Would you rather have one of the best strong safeties, or would you rather have maybe? the greatest kicker in NFL history and Justin Tucker. I mean, Justin Tucker is the best kicker right now. His stats are goofy. I would rather have Justin Tucker because I know that he'll actually win. He can win games. Games on the line. He has to kick field goal. He wins the game. Now, Jamal Adams plays on a team that's not any good. But I have a guy that if we get close, I'm going to win. Or force overtime. How many players can you say that about that are not quarterbacks? That guy gives me a chance to win. Justin Tucker, I, he's not even ranked in the top 100 players in the NFL, right, McLevin? I don't. I couldn't find him on that list, and okay. I've looked a couple years. So it's almost like they didn't consider him in a way. It's not like I, I don't think they were dissing him. I guess maybe they just didn't put kickers on that list. I think yeah, that's because it's a list of football players. Wow. wow. Yeah, zing. Bang. Wow. Boom. Top, top rope. Seton O'Connor comes alive early. <laughs> early. Um Justin Tucker is I, I one of the more valuable players in the NFL. Yes, McLeod. When the Bucks took a kicker and was it the first round or the second round, you killed them. You said there's no way you take a kicker that high. Luis Aguayo. I had no, because I didn't think he was good. You wait, you had scouted Luis Aguayo? Get out of here. I broke it down. Roberto Aguayo, Roberto Aguayo, sorry. And his brother. (laughs) You could have had them both. Well, that's a team that needed more than that. But I was all for Sebastian Janikowski. That kind of worked out in a way. Yeah, I mean, I, I understood it. But most people rip those teams saying this is a, it's like especially in fantasy football if you take a kicker too high in a draft a fantasy football draft you get destroyed i mean justin tucker wasn't even drafted the, right kick the great kickers i know drafted. yeah i understand that because you feel like you can find one let's say if we had a draft now and you and then you were going to see if you were going to use a draft pick on justin tucker i'm guessing you would all right i could speak as a Bengals fan justin tucker was a killer 
Yeah, I, I actually am changing my tone here because it was unfair. You got to the 40-yard line, they got points. It was totally unfair. And so he I plays, hear what you're saying. he plays for a playoff team, and it's so valuable to have that guy. It's like Adam Vinatieri. Adam Vinatieri may not have been the best kicker, but he was as valuable as Brady was in those early years when they were winning Super Bowls. Because without Vinatieri, you don't even get to the Super Bowl. And then you got to the Super Bowl, and he kicked field goals for you. And I know we're comparing apples and oranges with Jamal Adams and Justin Tucker. It's just, I don't know if Jamal Adams is the best safety in the league. And I know Justin Tucker is the best kicker in the league and will go down in history as he's going to the Hall of Fame. I don't know if Jamal Adams is going to the Hall of Fame. It's hard to go to the Hall of Fame as a kicker. But Justin Tucker's going to the Hall of Fame as a kicker. But, uh, you know... When uh, Colin was saying he's one of the top five or seven players, I, I don't think he's one of the top five or seven players. He's a good player. But if you're going down the list of top players, is he better than Aaron Donald? No. Is he better than Patrick Mahomes? No. Is he better than Julio Jones? No. Is he better than DeAndre Hopkins? No. Better than Michael Thomas? No. Better than Tyreek Hill? No. Travis Kelsey, no. Stephon Gilmore, no. Russell Wilson, no. So, there, I mean, that's just a, a cursory look of some of the players here that they have ranked, you know, high in the, the top 20 there. Good player, and probably we'll find out just how good he is when he gets to another team. Because you really have to love the Jets and Jamal Adams to tune in and watch a game. He does stand out. He's their best player by far. Yes, McLovin. Side question, oldie uh, but goodie. Who is more <laughs> valuable to those great Ravens defenses, Ed Reed or Ray Lewis? I'm going to say Ed Reed is. And that'll get me in trouble with <laughs> Ray Lewis. There's volumes discussed and written about this very time. I know, I know. They're both he, like equally awesome at well, the Well, let me take a break here. It's just way too much to consume here. Nobody thought we would be discussing Jamal Adams and Justin Tucker including Jamal Adams and Justin Tucker. <laughs> we'll take a break. We got our poll question, I guess. Uh, Fritzy's working on Bubba Wallace, and uh, no word yet. But if we get him today, then great. If it's tomorrow, I'd still take him tomorrow. But uh, you know, I know we have Darius Rucker and Brian Windhorst, and you know these players got to decide by tomorrow if they're going to go to the Orlando bubble. So I want to talk to uh, Wendy about that. Yes, McLovin. Pro Football Focus just sent us a long email just for us on this very topic oh. of the uh, Jamal Adams. On just Jamal Adams no, or Justin Tucker? Justin Tucker. They're very, well, I'll say. Did you request this? Yeah, yeah. We oh, good. Said, yeah. Okay, good. All right. 20 after the hour. We'll take a break. Glad you're part of the program. Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. All righty. McLovin, you got a deep dive on this pressing topic here. <laughs> the value of Jamal Adams versus Justin Tucker. Yes, so the good people <laughs> Pro Football Focus uh, sent us a note saying that basically Jamal Adams is more valuable because he's pretty good in coverage 
and he's a great, you know, pressure guy. He gets to the quarterback. Whereas Justin Tucker is the best kicker, but there's a lot of good kickers now. That was the basic of the argument. Not as good as him. He's okay. definitely the best by far. Okay. But you can find a kicker was kind of their argument. Although they didn't I don't they, think you can find Justin Tucker's. There's there's really good kickers. But when a game is on the line, like he's he's almost automatic from fifty. He wins games. Didn't he miss one in the playoffs? I feel like he had one major miss. Probably so. It was his only miss of the year, which was the weird thing. But. Yeah, probably so. But I, do, I, as I said before, I don't know if Jamal Adams is the best at you know his position. Like Derwin James is great as well. He gets maybe a little bit more publicity. I mean, he's on a better team, I should say. Yes, Paul. This is a real specific argument because Justin Tucker is clearly the best kicker and he could win you a game from 55 yards out. And like you said, Dan, if you ask Nick Saban, can, I could have a sure thing kicker on my roster for four years. A sure thing. He just wins games and never fails. Or a really high-end safety. He's got lots of high-end safeties. He Every year him. he has a high-end safety. He, he's been dying for a great kicker. Why is it that great coaches don't find great kickers? Because they don't care. They, they, that's the thing. They just get a guy off the soccer team. It's not, it's not a priority position. Yeah, but, I think it's a bit of a bias by old school football types too. But then they'll get in a close game and then, you know, Bobby Bowden will trot out his kicker and go, oh, dad gum, right, wide right. Yeah, because you don't have a good kicker there. Uh, 14 teams used the franchise tag this year. The Cowboys with Dak Prescott, the 10th to sign his tender, leaving four guys unsigned. Shaq Barrett with my Buccaneers, A.J. Green with the Bengals, Chris Jones with the Chiefs, and uh, Yannick Ngakwe with the uh, Jacks. Deadline for long-term deals is July 15th. All right. I don't know what we solved with that, but, um, you know, the, the argument or discussion about Jamal Adams, has he... Has he outplayed his contract? Because that's what he's arguing here. I've been here three years in the league, and I've been a Pro Bowl player twice. You know, if I'm Jamal Adams, just get out of New York. Get out of the Jets. You know, I, I get that. You might not get paid when you go to another team if you get traded right away, but get out. For, if the Jets don't value you at your position at a high level and are willing to pay... And the Jets aren't ready to win. Imagine you put Jamal Adams in it. Like the Cowboys would be great. Or the Kansas City Chiefs would be great. If you're able to put a guy at the back end of your defense that has that kind of impact, because you need, if you have guys up front and you have that hammer back there in the back, that would be extremely valuable. Extremely valuable. And could be one of those play, you know, paying dividends in the playoffs. Yes, McLevin. If you added Jamal Adams to the Cowboys, would they be in your mix for a Super Bowl? I'm not going to do that right now. It's, it's June. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, we need clicks. I, 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 I tried to fall in love with the Cowboys last year. And man, was I close. But, you know, I picked the Eagles. The Cowboys didn't even beat an Eagles team that was banged up. Didn't win that division. But I do like the Cowboys. I do. And I, they, I, I, I think Mike McCarthy's an upgrade. Getting the DAC drama over. I love C.D. Lamb. The question is going to be that defense. When it comes down to a big game and needing a stop, is the defense going to be good? 
and just good. Kansas City's defense was good, opportunistic, and and they needed a stop, and you saw that. As great as Patrick Mahomes is in that Kansas City offense, it will come down to a defensive play, whether you make it or not. And Kansas City made those plays against Jimmy Garoppolo. Chris Jones made those plays. Got to have it. I don't care how good your offense is. Comes down to defense. Look at the Patriots going undefeated. What happened? David Tyree has a catch. Plexico Burris is wide open in the end zone. Defense. Now, defense kept that game close, but the offense didn't do its job. But when you needed something and the game was on the line, defense let them down. Yeah, McClellan. They, I'm looking at their depth chart. They have a lot of big names on defense, the Cowboys, but yeah. they, they didn't do well statistically. They have Demarcus Lawrence, Leighton Vander Esch, Jalen Smith, Sean Lee. They had Byron You can't Jones. count on Sean Lee. Right. But they have some names. It feels like, it feels like a, I think coaching was the problem. But you become a name because you're on the Cowboys. Like if Demarcus Lawrence was on throw out a team, you know, the Rams, you wouldn't be talking about him. He's on the Cowboys. Vander Esch. I mean, he's a good player. If he's playing in Carolina, you'd go, oh, yeah, that guy in Carolina's decent. Sean Lee's injured. Now, I don't know if those guys are great or they become household names. Therefore, we attach more value to them. Like, oh, he plays for the Cowboys. Because we see the Cowboys every game, national TV. Yeah, Paul. The Cowboys last year, they were they were 8-8, eight and eight, but I, I have a weird look at their season. They scored 434 points last year. That's sixth in the league. They were number one in the league in yards. Yeah. They outscored their opponents on the season by over 100 points. Over 100 points. And it didn't produce any wins. Eight and eight. They were 10 and six the year before with the 22 ranked, 22nd ranked offense. I look at Dak Prescott. When they win, he's great. When they lose, he's bad. And that... And, you know, hopefully Mike McCarthy is able to clean that up. Or they won't have to worry about the franchise tag the next year with Dak Prescott. Yes, McLovin. I do have good news for Cowboys fans. They did invest in Greg Zerline, the kicker, who we talked about this morning, Legatron. Yeah. And they're not settled yet. They're pursuing Japanese kicker Toshiki Sato as well. I had to bring him to camp. I saw that headline yesterday. I have no idea. what. Where does he play? Where did he play? Uh... Okay. Did he play for a, a university in the United States? Let's see. Uh, he's with Japanese X League team for IBM Big Blue in November. <laughs> he had a 58-yard field goal, the longest in league's history. I have no idea. But uh, they have his airline. They have so many names, Dan. It, it, that's the proof. It's the system. It's not talent. Because there's camp, unless I'm being duped, like you said, because they're Cowboys, there's so many big names on that team. But they haven't produced. I mean, Amari Cooper gets more publicity because he's on the Cowboys. He was taken out of the final drive of the season for that team, right? With their season on the line, Amari Cooper wasn't on the field. Yeah, Todd. The team totally gives you a warped uh, belief. Like when, anyone that's on the Yankees to this day, I, in the back of my mind, I'm like, he must be great, even if they're not. And we've said that even about Derek Jeter. We've said it on this show. What if he was on the Kansas City Royals? We wouldn't be holding Jeter in such great, uh, you know, with the accolades that he gets as in the pinstripes. Probably not. 
Probably not. All right, so we're going to keep that poll question, McLevin? We'll keep it up there for now. Uh, your guy is winning big time. Justin Tucker is? Yeah, 62% well, say Tucker. maybe people don't realize you have to watch Jamal Adams. And then when you – I mean, it can be painful because you have to sit through a Jets game, but Jamal Adams is an impact player. It's just the impact he has doesn't resonate with wins and losses. They're, they're just – it's not a consistent team. Yeah, Paul. We could switch to Quentin Nelson, Khalil Mack poll question. We've been sitting mm. on for a few weeks, or we could save that for tomorrow. I'll take Quentin Nelson. There you go. Quentin Wait, Nelson. what? Over Khalil Mack? Remember, Khalil Mack was the best player in the league like a he year was. ago. He was. Quentin Nelson is... I, I'm all in on Quentin Nelson. But he's a guard. He's the Justin Tucker of offensive line. Yes, linemen. he is. Yes, he is. Yeah. Khalil Mack's like the third highest paid player in the league. That like doesn't the most mean anything. You game plan around him for like a week. I like Khalil Mack. I do. But Quentin Nelson is going to the Hall of Fame. So is Khalil Mack. He might. He might. So it depends on what you want. You want to protect your $100 million investment? Or do you want to have a guy who's trying to ruin your $100 million investment? Well, if you're playing the Colts, just rush on the other side. Get away from it. Just send three blitzers. You can avoid Quentin Nelson. Well, you then why don't, I, why don't I just have extra guys over there on Khalil Mack's side? You do, but then you have, yeah, I don't know. How did we get here? You're right. I have no idea. I came in saying we got to talk baseball, Bubba Wallace, you know, all these other things, the NBA. Yeah, how did you guys, you guys got to Justin Tucker? I walked in on a pre-show Justin Tucker conversation. Yeah, I don't know. what. Oh, it was because Florio and Chris Sims were talking about Jamal Adams' value here. And then Seton goes, yeah, they were saying that, you know, he is really valuable because he can cover tight ends. And I said, oh, okay. I don't know if... Actually, that's not what you said. What I said? You said, I said no! No, no, you said... (laughs) <laughs> you said you were quoting. You, you looked at me right in the face and said, "I said no." Yeah, no. Seton goes, "Because uh, I'm sorry." Was, no, you're all right. <laughs> I think how it worked out is, uh, oh, Jamal Adams. Uh, well, they think he's one of the top players. Oh, that can't be right. And she goes, "Oh, you know, Florio and Chris Sims were saying, no, it's not right. I said no." <laughs> That's actually what happened. I know. <laughs> you guys aren't scarred. No, it's fine. You're not scared. You're not scarred. Yes, McLovin. What? I mean, if, if you guys want to go <laughs> George Kittle versus... Uh, no, no, no. Okay, we, we so don't we're not comparing it. NFL players. Today. No, we don't have to. I think it's the anything to not talk about Major League Baseball theory is what I think we're doing here. I, I don't have anything good to say about Major League Baseball. I don't have anything other than what I've been telling you for a week or so. You're going to play in July... Hopefully, but it feels like there's a lot of things that can go wrong for Major League Baseball. And, and they got to move past all this financial. I don't even know what to, how to sum it up. I mean, it's just a mess. You want to move past that, now you got to play baseball. And you have to sort of do this in unison, in conjunction with one another. I, I, I mean, the DH in the National League, oh, by the way, Hey, we're going to have a runner on second base for extra inning games. I honestly thought that was a goof. I did not think that was a real rule that was going to be enacted. Well, it was proposed. I don't know. Like, nothing's official yet. I, I think they have till 5 o'clock today, and then, it's, then it becomes officially official. 
But I, who knows with these two sides here? Yes, Todd. And in certain circumstances, the game can end in a tie. What is that? I know. Not American. They had enough that it's a 60-game season. Gonna... We, don't, we don't do ties here. Yeah. Don't we? That's always the rule in sports. No ties. Yeah, we're, we went 40-18-2 this year. Awful. Yeah. All right, we'll take a break. We got our play of the day coming up. Uh, I just saw where Novak Djokovic has tested positive for the coronavirus. No one should be surprised at this, by the way, because he had uh, an event, I guess, uh, recently. And uh, nobody, I mean, there was no social distancing. There was there, nothing. I think um, some of the other players who were involved in this, they all tested positive. So they organized a tournament at the moment when the virus was weakened, believing the conditions for hosting the tour had been met, Jokovic said in a statement. Unfortunately, this virus is still present, and it's a new reality, and we're still learning to cope and live with They didn't have masks. They're standing together. You would never know. If I said, oh, look at this picture. Oh, was that from like a year ago or two years ago? No, just a couple of days ago. But now he's tested positive here. Um, uh, Djokovic said he wasn't sure if he would receive a vaccine if it becomes available, even uh, if it was mandatory to travel on tour. Uh, I'm extremely sorry for each individual case of infection. I hope that it will not complicate anyone's health situation and that everyone will be fine. I'll remain in self-isolation for the next 14 days and repeat the test. In five days. He was warned about this. All right. Play of the day coming up next year on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Probably a few people watching a NASCAR race for the first time yesterday, or at least the last 30 minutes of that race. Apparently, um, a noose was found at Sonoma Raceway. This uh, was a story that was reported on last night, late last night. An apparent noose was discovered this past weekend at Sonoma Raceway. This according to the track's president and general manager. Sonoma Raceway hosts a variety of racing events, it has hosted NASCAR Cup races from 1989 to, uh, to 2019. This year's Cup race at Sonoma moved to Charlotte because of the COVID-19 pandemic. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. Uh, Brian Windhorse of The Mothership will join us coming up next hour. And uh, Darius Rucker will stop by as well. McLovin sent this to me from uh, Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier. He's an NBA player, and I'm not sure who he's referring to here. He tweets, seriously, though, if you think it's okay to sit and watch your teammates play while you're perfectly healthy, it says a lot about you. I don't know who is perfectly healthy that he's talking about. Yes, McLovin. I think I found out that he's referring specifically to Davis Bertrand, who the, the Wizards, uh, who has the ACL situation and isn't coming back. So that was the timing um, I'm reading now that was a reaction to Davis Bertan saying that he will not come to the bubble. Yeah, but doesn't this guy have two bad knees and he's going to be a free agent? Yeah. Okay. He's technically healthy. Bertrand is 27. He's had two previous ACL injuries. 
but he's active and ready to play. Mm. So I think that's what he's saying. He has a history of injuries, but he's not currently injured. Okay. And Trevor Ariza is going to sit out, but I think that has to do with a family situation. I don't know if that's a custody battle, a court case, but Trevor Ariza is going to sit out. And I think you have until tomorrow to decide if you're going to play in the bubble or not. Yeah, McLevin. Yeah, so I was curious. Like, I was going to offer that as a poll question. Would you have a problem if your teammate sat out uh, this uh, end of the NBA season? I, I would just want to know, like, why are you sitting out? Um, you know, because everybody see if, if you just saw where Trevor Reese is not going to play and you go, why, well, he's healthy. And then you find out that he's involved in a custody case and he's got a court uh, date here to deal with this. Uh, Davis Burton, I, I have no idea. You know, is he is he healthy enough to play? How much did he play at the end of the, uh, you know, this season before it was shut down? Yeah, Paul. Burton's knee injuries, his ACLs were in 2013 and 2015. They're not exactly recent history. Okay. He's also one of the better players on Washington's team. He's averaging 16 points per game and shooting 42% for three. The rest of his teammates, they get money if they advance in the playoffs. Every playoff round, you get a lot of cash, a lot of cash. And Bertans hurts their chances to win and advance on. He is a healthy NBA player. Who probably won't be on the Wizards next year, I'm guessing. Yes, McLovin. They, they're five games back with an eight-game schedule. I think the odds are highly stacked against them. They're kind of can. They are now. Well, well they, I mean, I, I don't think anybody's giving them a chance well, to make John it. Wall's not coming back, is he? No. And then they were talking about signing DeMarcus Cousins. The Wizards are a mess. How are they going to make up five games in eight eight days? I have no idea. The other teams totally implode. Uh, the Knicks asked for permission to interview Jason Kidd. And here we go again with, hey, Jason Kidd is going to get the Greek freak to go wherever he's coaching. There is reportedly some thinking, this according to Bleacher Report, that whichever team hires Jason Kidd as a head coach could have the inside track on potentially landing the Greek freak when he hits free agency. According to uh, Steve Popper of Newsday, some teams around the league believe Kidd could be, quote, a link to the reigning MVP. Uh, Kidd would be interested in the Knicks job. Uh, The New York Times' Mark Stein reported the Knicks received permission from the Lakers to interview Kidd, who is an assistant uh, to them right now for the uh, head coaching vacancy with the Knicks. But, boy, that's... That's one of those that if you bring him in and then you don't get the Greek freak, then what do you do? If you're hiring Jason Kidd, well, you're going to hire him because you think he can coach, but you're, if, if, if the caveat is, hey, we're going to bring him in, hey, Jason, we're going to hire you, but you better bring in the Greek freak. Uh, that's a lot of pressure. Remember when you know Jay Kidd went to the Lakers and like, hey, Greek freak could end up with the Lakers. And I go, I don't think so. But... Maybe if Anthony Davis doesn't stay, but uh, Jay Kidd bringing in the Greek freak? I don't know. I know they had a great relationship in Milwaukee, at least reportedly did, but I don't know if the Greek freak goes, that's who I want to play for. I think he's going to look at where am I playing, how much am I getting paid, and who's my teammates? Yeah, McLevin. He was a pretty good coach, by the way, Jason Kidd, right? I mean, he kind of developed Giannis to start with. I don't know that that's a total consolation prize to get him, is it? What do you mean? to get? Well, like, if say you got him without uh, Oh, so Giannis. you didn't get the Greek freak and you got Jason Kidd. I mean, I don't know. He seems like he's right up there with all the other potential hires. 
I, if I'm a team, if I'm like the Knicks, I want to do something different. I mean, <laughs> everything. like win. Everything. <laughs> yeah. but, but I would, I would look at everything and go, let's not do it that way. That's why you get the big bucks, Dan, for analysis like that. <laughs> right, I have a hot poll question. I need a minute. Give me one minute. I don't have a minute because in a minute, we'll go to commercial break. Okay, think about your answer. If you could help a franchise... I can give you 20 more seconds. If you could declare or help a franchise's fan base out by replacing their ownership, and you could pick one franchise in all of sports to replace their owner and help out their fan base, who would you choose? Save it. So it'd be Washington, be the Knicks. New York. Bengals. Dallas Cowboys. Oh. Browns. Wow. Browns. Browns. Mm. All right. I'll let that marinate a little bit. We will get to phone calls coming up. Brian Windhorse of the Mothership. Any marquee players not going to Orlando. And Darius Rucker in the final hour coming up.